Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to Thursday, January 24th edition of Living Life. You know, my mother-in-law loves traveling, and recently she told me about this one hot springs. I don't know why, but Koreans love Onchon hot springs. <laughs> They just love that. So she said there is the best hot springs actually in the uh, country of Costa Rica, and that if you go to this one hot spring, that it is like paradise, like it's like heaven. And I'm like, oh, okay, what is it called? She's like, it's called Tabacon Hot Springs. Let's go there. And I'm like, okay. So I was doing a lot of research on YouTube. I was doing a lot of research on uh, tour books and it looked really, really great. I was looking at it, but I didn't know if it was really paradise or not just by looking at the videos. It looked really, really great. So finally, we had an opportunity to go to Costa Rica. She took us there. And as we we're going through this jungle-like place, we came into this place called Tabacon. And wow, it was so nice. The, the pool was huge. And then she goes, oh, no, that's not the only one. We went from one pool to the next, to the next, to the next. And I really, truly experienced an amazing paradise type of setting. You know, it's one thing to know something, and it's another thing to experience it. And that is exactly what's going on today's text. Let's take a look. Mark chapter 9, verses 2 through 13. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. They kept the matter to themselves, discussing what rising from the dead meant. And they asked him, Why do the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? Jesus replied, To be sure, Elijah does come first and restores all things. Why then is it written that the Son of Man must suffer much and be rejected? But I tell you, Elijah has come, and they have done to him everything they wished, just as it is written about him. So right now we are in Mark chapter 9, verses 2 to 13. It's a really fun little passage. Uh, by this time in this passage, Jesus is truly revealing who he is. 
Before that, in the beginning of Mark, all the way through, Jesus continued to teach that he was the Son of God, that he is the Messiah, and he proved it by doing a few miracles here and there, and the disciples were absolutely impressed, yes, but they were still trying to figure out and find out who Jesus truly was. So, right before this, there was a huge question um, when Peter and some of the disciples were there. Jesus asked the question, Peter, so who do you say that I am? Some people said that Jesus was uh, Moses or the prophets or someone else, even John the Baptist. But Peter looked at Jesus and said, Jesus, you are the Messiah. You are the Messiah. You are the one from heaven. You are the Son of God. You are the Savior. You are the King of Israel. I wanted to ask you a quick question right now. Do you know Jesus? Do you really know who Jesus is? Um, you know, there's one thing that, that, that I do know. When we are uh, growing up in church, or some of you guys may have recently gotten to know Jesus, there is a lot of Jesus for us to know. He is such a great being, and there is so much to the Lord. And we just don't have enough time to really even get a grasp of just a, a little taste of who He is, but He is constantly sharing, and He is constantly showing who he is to the disciples. And finally, after all this teaching about himself, um, he did this, he did something really, really amazing. So he takes um, Peter, James, and John and leads them to this high mountain. And before them, they were all alone, he transfigured or he transformed before them. It says here in verse 3, his clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleached them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. So the disciples are, it, and let me put it this way, tripping out, or they are just going crazy. They're like, oh my gosh, Jesus said that He is the Messiah, and we are truly seeing the glory of God, like, shine. It's just coming out. He's so white, and they know that this is a divine work. They know that this is truly the One, the Savior. And then on top of that, the cloud appears and covers them, and a voice came to the uh, through the cloud, came from the cloud, This is My Son, whom I love listen to him. So the Father is even there now. He is speaking, and there is now this glorification of Christ. This is Christ. This is Jesus. And the disciples are there soaking in this divine experience. While they're experiencing this, they're saying, oh, this is good. <laughs> I want to stay here. He, they say, it is good for us to be here. Another version says, Rabbi, it's wonderful for us to be here in your presence. You know, it's one thing for us to do Bible study, and it's great. I, I'm not saying that we shouldn't. We all should do Bible study. We should all do uh, get enough Christology, meaning study of Christ through the Word. And those things are very important for us to know who Christ is. Christ 
also, Jesus always reveals himself through the scripture. But you know one thing that I know about Jesus? He also reveals himself in power and presence, like real presence. I've come to realize that. The Lord shows up in so many different areas and places of our lives. I'll give you for example. I know every time I come before the Lord in worship, and I am worshiping Jesus with all my heart. Maybe I don't feel that right away, but at a certain point, He meets me. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Like when you're worshiping with all your heart and you're there, you're placing all of your cares, you're placing all of your hopes, you're, you know, you are just going out and saying, Lord, I need you to reveal yourself to me because I need you with all my heart. I remember those times when Jesus really showed up and He touched me or He healed me or He spoke to me. There's so many times when He has, to, has done that. How about in times of intense need? You know, Jesus says that He is the provider, right? Jesus did say that He is the, the, the living water or the bread of life. How many times when you were desperate for Him and desperate in need for Him to bless you or protect you or to feed you or whatever the case, how many times has He shown up? Because He does. He promises that. He's not just theology. He's not just Christology. He is a real being who comes through and allows you to experience Him. God is one not to just be studied, but God is one to be experienced. Has He revealed Himself to you? If you haven't experienced Jesus, I would just really call out to Him. Say, Lord, I need, to, I need to see you. I need to feel you. I need to be led by you. I need to hear your voice. The Lord is there, and I promise you, if you cry out with all your heart, He will show up just like He did to the disciples. So we just talked about Jesus as one not just to be thought about or to be studied, but one who we ought to experience. You know, the disciples were so excited when they experienced Christ. And in that place, they said, it's so good for us to be here. You know, I want to ask you a few questions. Um, where is that place where you can meet the Lord? Where is that place where you have frequently experienced Him? I would really seek those places out. I would allow that to be in a, a natural, ongoing uh, experience where you are face to face with the Lord, experiencing His goodness, and where you can say, man, yeah, it is good to be here. Because the Lord is a, a Lord who has resurrected from the grave. He is moving about in our midst, and He wants to come, and He wants to share life with us right now. So with that, I want to pray for you. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are not in the grave, that you are alive. You are not just in the pages of the Bible. You're not just a story. You are real. You are here for us to experience your power, your love, and your grace. We pray, Lord, that each and every one of us who is listening to this message would seek you out, Lord, at places where they can experience you and, and receive you in the fullest, where they can say, it is good for me to be here to not only know Jesus in my mind, but to experience His presence. So we pray that we would be able to experience you powerfully this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For a single soul.
Switching a world and stepping in closer. CGM.